I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentleman's Mini, uh, and Mini, uh, Gentleman Overlords, Ooh, I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm Mini Max. I'm Mini Robert. <laughs> and we are the Micro Machines guys, let's talk about this really fast. <laughs> um, fellas, let's get into, since this isn't a Mini, this is a main episode, oh, let's talk about some movies we've seen. Robert, what movies have you seen? Let's see. Uh, I watched, I don't think I mentioned this the last time because I think the cutoff, my cutoff was Dirty Dancing. Um, I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I've definitely talked about on here before with my sister-in-law who'd never seen it. She really enjoyed it. I wish any movie would attempt to marry cartoons and live action like they do in this one. And I'm talking about Roger and his wife, Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is incredible. Like just you, you don't really think about the details of like Roger jumps out of the bed and hits the cabinet and the whole cabinet rocks and stuff falls off of it. And they bother to put kind of the lighting that's coming in the room kind of on him. And I know that there are good, you know, animated productions and they do attention to, uh, to that kind of stuff. But the fact that it's all shot, for the most part, in the the live you know real world, with the animated characters, it just ah, I don't know. It's just I'll never stop swooning about how cool it is. Plus, it was uh it was doing multiverse stuff before the multiverse crave uh, you know right, right now. So there is like a bunch of like weirdly like there's like WB characters and like Disney, Disney. characters yeah. and yeah yeah and apparently. This might be a rumor. Maybe I'm like, I've heard it wrong, but I, f- I feel like they have to, I mean, it seems true. Uh, but when they were putting in order to get both WB and Disney into the same movie, they had to frame by frame count, like how many seconds each character was. I've in heard there. that before too. And I've so heard the that, title, that that is the case. The title of the movie actually has nothing to do with the story. It's more like who framed these, you know, like characters. How many frames yeah. of rabbit and mouse are in this movie? <laughs> who, like, it was like, a, it was like an internal note who framed Roger rabbit. Like they were um, trying to give credit to somebody and nobody. I did notice that e- either him or either Bugs or Mickey is in an earlier scene. You see them just walking, no dialogue. So I was like, oh, is that like why Mickey shows up like a second later in the other in the actual fall and stuff? And I think it really might come down to that. That That is a rumor I've heard also, Max. I don't know how uh, how true that is. Um, it seems like the egos of either company would like easily yeah. lend themselves to that. It, it it seems like a very legitimate rumor. Sure, for sure. Um, let's see. I I don't know if I want to diverge. Maybe I could mention this because it, it sort of uh, has something to do with it. But there was a tweet going around that was in the middle of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, the the '90s one, the live action. Raphael gets pissed off. He puts on his trench coat and hat. No one can tell that he's mm-hmm. a giant turtle. Yep, and he goes out to see a movie. He goes to see Critters. You see him enter the theater. And then after another scene, you see him leaving the theater. He goes, who makes up this stuff or whatever? 
And, and so the ch- the challenge or kind of what the tweet was positing was, what is, is there a movie where someone goes and sees a movie or does watch a movie in its entirety that you could stop down, watch that full movie like the character and then start up <laughs> the other movie? So that would be Ninja Turtles up until Raph goes in, watch Critters and then start <laughs> it up after he leaves. Uh, we listened to some, uh, we had some pretty good examples. I, I was talking to some folks online and, and um, Jamie came up with some good ones too. Hers was... Uh, watch Top Gun twice in the middle of Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie because <laughs> Will Ferrell makes them watch it twice with him. Um, and uh, But you could also do stuff like uh, Hot Fuzz where they watch uh, Point Break uh, or Bad Boys 2. I did rewatch Point Break sort of once when I had this conversation sort of rolling around in my head. And I do like that. I do like that first Point Break. I, I know why it's nostalgic for some people. It's not something I grew up watching. Um, but I do enjoy it. And uh, I never watched that new one. But I want to say, did you one of you two watch it? The remake of Point Break? I have not. No, I watched the original Point Break. Okay. I was just curious because it, it didn't look very good. Um, <laughs> but uh, the original did hold up for me. So sorry for the tangent. But there are some there are some fun movies you could do that with. I feel like uh, in any Batman movie, you could go watch the Zorro Mark of Zorro or whatever with your parents. Yeah, yeah. And then like you have to have like you have to have a kid start crying at the end. Like, ah, oh, fuck, fine, we'll go out through the alley and get home quick. Fine. Um, good stuff. Uh, I also watched. You know, I rewatched um, Signs because I kind of had kind of Shyamalan on the brain after your guys's glowing recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> although i think andrew you were like a little more kind of lukewarm you i'm more yeah I, i'm more on it or anything. yeah max did not like no, um no. what do you guys think about signs when's the last time you saw it when do you what do you have any what comes watched, to mind i watched about 20 minutes of it and i stopped because it was awful that was that How was my last experience was... with it this was this year i think oh, i think it was after you it. watched knock at the cabin right it was before Knock at the okay. Cabin. It's one of the reasons why I was like, why the fuck do I keep doing this to myself? And Mike Shyamalan <laughs> is not a good filmmaker. Uh, these movies are terrible. There's I, something, I don't know. There's something nostalgic about Signs. And maybe it's just when it came out and I was, because it's after Unbreakable, which I, I, back in the day, I liked at least. And and obviously it's after Sixth Sense. I feel like he, he peaked for most folks, at, at least I thought, at Sixth Sense. Yeah, this first original territorial debut. <laughs> There's something about signs I, I I enjoy. It's it's a weird it's a weird movie. It's it's an a, an invasion of planet Earth by aliens told almost exclusively from this little family on this farm. Um, I think there's some good performances in it. I think there's some really creepy details in it that I think about all the time, like the chatter on the baby monitor and the home video from South America where you kind of get your first glimpse of it. And I don't know, there's, there's some good stuff in there, but he is a, a sort of a frustrating filmmaker. I won't, I couldn't argue against that. And I think especially the trend of like adaptations that he puts his own spin on is kind of interesting. Cause I think for some folks it works a lot better and other people wish it was he would closer to it. Maybe that's his thing too. It's like, I'll take what the established you know, ending is and really turn it on its head. So, um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed my rewatch, not putting it in the pantheon of great films, but it was uh, kind of fun to go back down mm-hmm. memory lane. Um, and I rewatched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because mm-hmm. I wanted to prep for the new movie. And that original one is so good. Um, just 
an incredible soundtrack. Just you appreciate every time you watch it more and more, like the style of the world and like the subtle sort of comic, you know, appearance of things that especially like stuff that are, that's like blurred through windows or in the distance has like a, has like a, the effect that you would put to kind of have like a little less detail, but still like a, an obvious image in the back. And um, yeah, just like a really great ensemble too, with like all the other Spider-Men that show up. Um, so can't, uh, you know, say enough good things about that. Try and keep it general, but I did go see, uh, across the spider verse mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it is maybe the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, so like, you, it's, so you hated it. I hated it. I mean, it looked good, but. Ooh, poo poo! It, it sounded bad, and everything else was very bad. About it, it sounded um, bad, like it's like crackly. Ooh, like the- that is a, that is apparently a thing. I said there's apparently some weird, possibly some weird mixing in the beginning where you can't hear someone's. Uh, uh, sorry, there is some narration in the beginning. I apologize for the spoiler. Um, so there is that. Uh, I don't think. Let I me guess. Let me guess. Across, he went so far across the Spider Verse. He ran into Bane, Tom Hardy's Bane again. Yeah, and so he was like, "I'm just gonna wear this mask the whole movie." Turn really control. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to do my own thing. You're like, what? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Um, Guys, this is, uh, it's, it will talk about it at some point, but it's incredible. I can't wait to see it again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it, it just, everything that you enjoyed about the first one and times a thousand, especially since like they go to other places where they have their own art style and, Mm -hmm. oh God. Gwen's world is all like they show it in her you know in the first movie they kind of show her origin and stuff and her band and stuff and it's very like watercolory oh baby it's beautiful oh baby. um yeah I just can't wait to talk about it with you guys I can't wait to see it again I want to see it on maybe a big IMAX screen because I saw it standard but in great seats so I could everything you know my whole image was filled up but um yeah I I just need to see it again soon because it's something else mm-hmm. really great stuff but uh that's that's what i've seen max what about you uh i've only watched one movie and it was a movie that i've seen already and i went back and watched it again in bruges knock at the cabin oh <laughs> <laughs> i just had to torture myself again uh, in bruges, no. yeah in bruges yeah which has colin farrell and uh oh my god why am i spacing on his name the daddy of General Hux. The daddy of General Hux. That's right. Oh, uh, Brandon Gleason. Brandon Gleason. That's right. I thought you meant uh, like I was trying to think of the character's name because he did, did have a father that he killed to become General Hux. So I was like, why is Max talking about this? I was like, you're Star Wars canon. I, I know Max well enough that I'm like, he's trying to go for the actor. And I was like, I just, he's taking. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you know Max well enough. Yeah, he's oh, my okay. friend. He's my fucking friend and I know him. Okay. You know what? He's one of my best uh, co-hosts, in my opinion. So <laughs> let's just move on from that. Uh, yeah, the, this movie. Okay, so I haven't watched it in a while. And um, it's got some problematic dialogue, I would say. Have either of you watched it recently? I've never, uh, I I've never seen it. I'm trying to remember the last time I watched it because I, I think maybe I was going to after uh, Banshees of Inishirin because that's the yeah. same director, I believe. Same and I still think I like Imbruge a bit better. Yeah, I would go back and watch it though. I, I 
do think I like in Bruges a bit better in terms of the like maybe pacing and the story, but they're like they they have some uh it seems like edge lord like intentionally uh uh terrible dialogue right and mm-hmm. and it's for a character that is kind of like he he rubs people the wrong way and he uh is kind of awful when not meaning to be and and things like that so like it it fits in the the storyline and i don't know how much the thing is like you don't want something that is portraying it in the best way the thing Mm -hmm. is colin farrell in this movie despite being a total d-bag is also very like charming in a way like he has a charisma to him even though he's like saying some pretty terrible stuff and uh and so i don't know that that's like the movie itself it's structured well and it's it's an it's interesting how it takes its turns and the whole uh point of it is kind of like if this guy is like can forgive himself and get past some you know something that's going on and like is he worth redeeming and so it kind of makes sense to paint him as this kind of dickhead asshole that you kind of have to struggle with that you know is is this person worth it and um anyway i i think it's a very interesting movie i think i do prefer prefer it a little bit to banshees of inishirin uh it was interesting to go go back and watch it it's like right right out of the gate though it is like it'll get under your skin if you if you don't want to hear people being awful to other people who don't deserve it Mm -hmm. um yeah and it it kind of seems not a problem (laughs) (laughs) it fits the time i think it was 2008 or whatever and we're kind of trying to guess you can tell a bit by you know the film quality and everything like that but i was like hoping it was maybe a little bit earlier (laughs) like well that we had we had separated ourselves a little bit further from it but i don't know it is what it is uh i think it has enough to redeem itself uh beyond that and it's it is certainly painting the characters who are using these things as not being people you should idolize people that you should um uh you know copy or anything like that like um so somewhat forgivable but still a little bit um unnerving Mm -hmm. you can you can still find characters that you don't morally agree with to be compelling and still mm-hmm. fun to to watch in a movie it's you know yeah and that's essentially what this one is and so like uh it's got some other good laughs that are not at the expense of people who don't deserve it uh you know outside of the, the dialogue that they're doing it's just kind of weird to see this guy floundering and fumbling with everything that he's doing so, i don't know yeah I, I think i think it's a pretty good movie but you know go in there and trigger warnings in there mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, sure. it's kind of bad uh how about how about you andrew what have you seen i haven't watched any movies this week other than the movie we were talking about for the main part of the episode wow so let's move on to television shows tv shows television shows we've seen wow that was fucking meta shit uh robert what TV have you watched? 
I think the big show that I really big show that I watched. <laughs> well, it's uh, the big show. Was I think you should leave season three? Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because about fifteen minutes an episode, six episodes, so that's what five six hours. Uh, that was the that was map. also the message I got from Netflix when they were trying to get me to discourage password sharing. Was uh, I think you should leave. Are, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, by the way, if we have any l- listeners who subscribe to Netflix, don't. <laughs> At least for one quarter, for one financial quarter. Stop yeah, I'll I'll just like Netflix. describe every uh sketch in detail now and then there you don't you have to watch it. So um I I enjoyed it. It felt like I've only watched it once. I haven't gone back and watched sketches really. Um on first watch, it feels like the weakest season so far, mm-hmm. but I think I felt I think I felt that way about number two, and I think the second season is is very good and has some really great sketches. I just had to kind of let some grow on me. It's also um, hard with like shows like that where Tim Robinson is such a a creative guy, but like it's sort of like with the first season of Fly the Concords where they were like, "Am I am I going to get a second season?" So like we got to put like basically I'm going to put the best material of our stuff in first season, and then it's like, "Oh, you have a second season." It's like, "Oh, I've didn't." most of my stuff's in the first season. And so like it, yeah, even though like second season or third season is probably still pretty good comparatively to other stuff. It's definitely like, Oh, I kind of thought like, you know, there's a, there's a somewhat decent chance I was only going to get the first season. So like all my creative energy went there. Like that's like, sure. For whatever age Tim Robinson is like, that's like 40 years of creativity put into one season versus like, Hey, third season's like, Oh, right. Yeah, you really make it sound like he's got to like really like rig himself like a sponge. Be like, God, I'm barely funny. I need well, that, to get some of this out of here. That's why they didn't do a third season of Flight of the Concords. They were like, we, even in our in second season, they were like, we're kind of running out of ideas. So we don't want to have like a bad third season because like we're already feeling creativity, like creatively, like kind of dried out a little bit with the show. Sure. Well, I was... uh I like I said, I, I think there's some really good sketches. Um, I think if if you know people in your lives who are like, OK, it's mostly a guy who gets really loud and screams and upset and ever at everyone else. That is still a lot of the sketches. Um, I think there are times when that works really well and is very funny. And I think it's also like. Just baked into the DNA of the DNA of the show, but I, I think like I, I like it when they pivot and do something different. I like when Tim Robinson lets someone basically play him in a sketch instead mm-hmm. of himself. Uh, I like when it's not supposed to be Tim, but it is some character actor that he's letting kind of have the room and do their thing. That's always very fun. You got like the steering wheel guy from the first season, for example, like really kind of took off from that. Um, now he's in MCU movies, and you know it's like his career is great. Um, I so yeah, and I'll so I'll basically be just general about it. But there's I think there's some good ones in there. Uh and I'd be interested to hear what you guys thought if and when you watch it. But um but yeah, it's it's something that I feel like it's I'll just have to watch again and let some some of it grow on me. Um there's one that's being memed to death already online, so I'd be shocked if you hadn't heard of it already. But the the egg game sketch is very, very funny. So I'm not online. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not online as much as I used to be, so I actually miss stuff like that pretty often. I wouldn't so. say you miss. Uh... <laughs> I don't get the I don't get the uh, the prestige opportunity to see. Yeah, 
it's just like one of those things where it seems like people immediately like we're like mid watching the sketch and we're like, I got to post about this. So mm -hmm. that's a clear one that that rose at the top right off the bat. But uh, it's good stuff. Definitely give it a give it a shot. I will I, say. I like oh, go ahead, Max. I think I've watched season one uh, and I don't know if I've seen any of season two. I'm with um, you. I, I don't think I saw season two either. And I, I was watching some clips after this new season came out. I was watching some clips online. And uh, so I don't know which ones they're from. Some of them are pretty good. And I think the one, I think this is from season one and it cracks me up every time I see it is the Instagram uh, one where they're like sitting at a table and, and posting images in the first couple, like, Hey, I'm sitting with these dumb dums. Uh, like, oh yes. Yeah. Brunch. And then she's just, like uh, saying uh, some heinous stuff about her <laughs> friends. Yeah. Like I hope these slurping down slop, these pig dicks. And... <laughs> If it's I just... die, no grave, just wet, wet mud and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know why. But and that's a great like... one where it's like, there's no Tim. This character is yeah. unhinged. The other characters are, don't understand what's happening. And it's very like quick with it. I feel like their sketches sometimes that go on a little <clears> long. You're kind of like, oh, they could have ended a couple beats ago or, or like, you know, maybe it takes a while to get going. They pivot and go in a weird direction. I feel there's a sketch in this one that I like where there's the obvious bit that's going on. And then as, as it, as it, gets to the end of it there's sort of character changes and stuff and it's all very funny mm -hmm. with a good with a good guest star, uh guest star as well so nice yeah nice anything yeah. else robert uh no that's about me for tv so what about you max all right well let me take a look um i want i don't know if i talked about this already i'm kind of confused if i had already talked about some of these that i wrote down little drummer girl uh, about episodes that. four through six did i talk yeah, about I remember the, you mentioning the, that show the finale I don't know if you um, talked about the finale. Okay. It was good. <laughs> okay. Next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't really have a, a ton to say about it, but it was good. And it's an uh, all-star cast. And I don't think I did talk about the ending. And, and I do think it went fairly well. It's, it's um, I don't know. It's a kind of complicated subject. And I don't, I don't think it covers it from every angle or anything like that. But just as a sit down and watch, mm -hmm. it's an interesting um, series of events performed well. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think the fact that it's dealing with some pretty touchy politics could, um, <clears throat> it could, it could make it, you know, could change your, your mileage may vary. It could yeah. change your opinions of, of the full thing. Um, but just as a, a piece of fictional take on the situation, <clears throat> I thought it was interesting, at least. I also watched this season of Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. Final season. Excuse me. Yes, final season does seem like that. Yeah, but it feels like I, because I, I looked it up and it was like, it feels like every single person essentially was like, yeah, this is the story we wanted to tell in all these seasons. So that's the, that's it. And mm -hmm. and then it, but it just says season finale, I think, on the app. The, and, is it, and it has a separate uh, thing for series finale. I just think the wordage would have been different if it was like, this is it, the final Ted Lasso ever. Maybe they'll do spinoffs or something. Yeah, they might. Um, something yeah. else I saw virally online was a shot from the finale that uh, didn't look so good to me. <laughs> hmm. I don't want to say anything in case there's, I feel like it's a spoiler because there was like an event occurring in it. So, oh, and, and the, not just the, the World Cup. 
the blue screen is what you're talking about that didn't the look what? good what is it like visual effects that aren't looking yeah good it's or... like it looks like it looks like every actor was filmed at a different time in a different place and it there, was uh there not were so a, hot. yeah there are a couple scenes like that then you can feel it while you're watching it it's a little feel it it's like 40x yeah. bo- exactly yeah no you i was watching it's a, it D, it's a D box experience <laughs> it's a fathom event you have D box exclusive ted lasso finale smell vision I could smell mm-hmm. them all in different rooms um yeah Ted Lasso it's it's consistent it is Ted Lasso there are some consistent parts some funny parts and then some kind of like lame mm-hmm. uh, like just kind of <clears throat> just like exa- soccer exactly what you're expecting from it just like soccer yeah just uh, foot know. football <laughs> oh fuck damn it damn it I like I know I grew up with the the American football being football, but it doesn't make any fucking sense to me when only one person can punt, right? Essentially, and you have a, like eight kickoff. Other than that, you don't touch it. With well, your they feet. they all can. You're just not supposed to. You're just not supposed to, and it's inefficient to do it. But you, you could. Just, everybody could do it. I don't think it counts though when you have an, another sport where <laughs> you really only can use your feet. There's one person on the field that can use their hands to touch the ball. Uh, and all they do is grab it and then throw it to somebody who's going to kick it. Like that, that seems like if you had to pick one. Right, it should be called kickball, honestly. <laughs> it would be like, it uh, would be like calling European football handball. Yes, it really would. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. We're, we only this get... is not where I thought the Ted Lasso discussion was going to go. <laughs> All right, well, Ted Lasso... Wait, does this, they cover this in they, the end? This is the finale. This is the Ted part Lasso of the finale. Like trying yeah. to give a speech, and he's like, you know what? Actually, what I actually have to break down is just like, what is the deal with the... Why do, you, why do we call it this? He starts, like, do... he, he starts like walking back and forth on the stage to like he's doing stand-up. They, I he mean... goes to the... convince everyone in the crowd that they should call it soccer instead. <laughs> For I thought it was going to go to this at a certain point, because they do mention football, but then they kind of just like, you know, gloss over it. Like American football, I'm pretty sure is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, it just kind of like struck me as odd now. Okay. You're like, you, you're, this is a show that does call football, foot soccer, football. Right. And now you're also referring to American football as football. Um, and it's, it's just a weird thing. I, I don't know. It shouldn't. It's all the crazy things about having like an American coach in England. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Like, it's wild. a real fish out of water. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If you think this conversation is interesting, watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> Hell yeah. The show's just like this. Yeah, this is an indictment of Lasso. All right, all right. Let's move on. I also watched uh, episodes two and three of Black Lady Sketch Show, uh, season three, I think. Yeah, season season whatever the newest season is. And um, they were good. Episode so the first episode I thought was like it was not landing until like one one sketch was pretty good, right? I think episode two, right out of the gate, just like hilarious throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing, and episode three is pretty good too. So like it it's nice when you're a little bit worried about the show, like, hey, do they still got it? And then like bam. Yeah. <laughs> I like when the whole thing is just good one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Personally, me. <laughs> Yeah, so funny like to be like, too. oh, thank God! All right, they started off with one to kind of make me question it. All right, <laughs> I, I mean, I just love when it's not like 
sometimes you'll stick with the show because it used to be good, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then it's really like gone off the rails and they can never quite get it back. Like you were talking about with Flight of the Concords. I'm not saying season two was crap. I think like it's still, you know, yeah. it's good to watch. But like when you get to that point where even the creators know, like, I don't really have much here, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're watching a season and you're like, I know these guys can do it. I've seen them do some like, great stuff. So I, I'd like to see more of that. I, I came for more and I'm not getting it. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of how I felt in the first one. Like, all right, are, are, have they done too many seasons? But uh, episode two was great. So right on, right on. Keep nice. it up. Nice. How about you, Andrew? You seen anything? Uh, they put all the episodes of the Comedy Bang Bang TV show on YouTube. Uh, with you have to watch with ads, or unless you, I guess you have an ad blocker of some kind. But uh, all the episodes <laughs> are on premium. All the uh, all the episodes are on YouTube, and so I watched wow. some of my favorites from the seasons. Uh, one of them is just such a funny. So like the episodes are structured where he has a celebrity guest, and then there's always like a a, a character who comes in second. And there's one, it's with Simon Helberg from the Big Bang Theory. And the second, the second guest is, uh, played by Matt Jones and he plays like a super fan of comedy bang, bang. And he wrote a book called comedy bang, 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 bang. And as it turns out, he's never seen the show before. He just wants to connect with the show because his ex-girlfriend really likes it. And he's trying to win her back by being on the show. And, uh, typical so, podcast fan and so then uh <laughs> scott goes well if there's something you want to say to her you know say to camera goes oh she's not gonna hear it she's deaf and scott just goes she's deaf and then like matt jones i think kind of gets stuck and so scott goes wait are you deaf <laughs> and then he has to he just continues the rest of the segment being deaf without having done it once before and then all of a sudden he can't hear Scott. Like he turns to <laughs> turns away from him. Scott's like talking to him. It's just he's making Scott laugh so much. And then he starts doing like just nonsense sign language to talk to his girlfriend. It's just and he's laughing. It's it's so great. Um, there's also an episode I think it's Kristen Ritter where they like the security guard goes on vacation and they like throw a party during the episode and suddenly. He gets a call from the security guard saying, "Hey, I'll be back in three minutes," and they're like, three minutes? We get the get the cleaning crew in here," and like suddenly this like '80s rap group comes in, and Scott's like, "Al, what did you do?" He's like, "I think I might actually call the rap group the cleaning crew," and so it's like Carl Tart and Chris Red and one other guy, and they're just doing like an old like da 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 ba kind of rap song. It's just about cleaning and like. When it comes to women, ah, clean up. It's just, it's so funny, but everybody's going nuts over it. It's, yeah. So I was just enjoying some of my favorite comedy bang bangs. Um, my wife and I are watching Fringe, which is going great because it's streaming on Max, and that whole rollout has been just flawless. <laughs> Hell yeah. Love the new yeah. Max app. Um, and I heard some of the episodes of Fringe are now in another universe, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, doing the name proud. I yeah, I mean as frustrating as the Max app has been, Fringe is a good rewatch. Like me and Andrew know, like the name Max just like our blood boils. It evokes. It. So now that yeah. I have to log on to my old favorite app and yeah. it's, I uh, could have I, I just loved blocking out the Max from the HBO Max and now it's just Max. Yeah, just, just call I had it a piece H- of tape on H- the screen. HBO, HBO Plus, that's yeah. what I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um and then the last thing I've been watching is uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. 
mm. which is a very different feel for a Star Trek show. It's really comedy oriented. Yeah, forget. Had you not watched it? Did you? This is your first time starting it. It's the first this time, is... yeah, first time watching it. Oh, nice. It. It's. I think it's great. I, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I think uh, the the cast is really funny, and yeah, it's, it's obviously very silly. But yeah, I was. I'd, I'd never watched it before. I know I don't know why, but when I heard that um, Mariner and Boimler are going to cross over into Strange New Worlds, I was going to ask if you'd heard that. And so I was like, "Oh, I I'll catch up on on Lower Decks." It is funny. I mean, like it's it's a departure for any Star Trek because no Star Trek is, you know, some Star Treks have jokes in them. Yeah, but this is silly a, plots. But... And also, like they got a lot of good comedy people working on the show, so like the jokes mm-hmm. are funny. Yeah, and I think they do, at least in that first season, they do some really good references to old Star Trek episodes. Oh, there's, it feels there's, like if you're a big fan, there's so much stuff to kind of pick out for Easter eggs. There and, are so yeah. many Easter eggs for, like, if you are somebody who watched any, you know, all the previous entries, like, especially, like, the next generations through Voyager, like, there's just so much stuff mm-hmm. where, like, the writers were clearly themselves fans or, like, in the case of, like, Ben Rogers, who's talked about this on pods, where it's, like, they had to do some research because they may not have watched a lot of Trek, but they researched enough and were told what to research. And so like they got familiarized with it, but yeah, they got like a lot of good comedy people working on it. So the jokes are funny and it's yeah, good. Uh, I'm glad you're checking it out. It's, it's, it's very good. Fun Trek I, adventure. So I feel like I started watching, uh, maybe the first episode, the pilot episode or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, something that they, they'd released one episode for free yeah. or, or something. And I watched part of it, and I think the the pace was too frenetic, and like, it it was I, I don't know I couldn't yeah I it didn't really sit well with me. So, I think that I think the set I'm in the second season. I think there's a marked improvement from second season to the second season from the first season. Like I think it they kind of got their footing because I I think you're right. Like first season feels a little like it's very, it's more Rick and Morty ish. I would say in the first yeah. season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was getting some. Some feelings like that, like they they are really trying to be some other shows that I'm yeah. not too into. Like I um love Tawny in, I think she's so funny. But there's so, something about the Mariner character was a little bit like too, a little too edge lordy and like ironic. Like it just was it she it wasn't playing as well as I think it could have. Like it felt like she was so against every character in every sense. Like it was always like she had to be kind of antithetical to whatever was happening. And they've kind of tamped that down the second season. So I think they got their footing and I think it's, it's a fun show to watch. It's I cool. kind of, you know, like of course, like with every Trek, I wish it evoked a little bit more of what I grew up with, but I think it's landing in a good spot now. Nice. All right, guys, let's talk about the movie but, we... Uh, bef- wait, before we go on, uh, let's introduce a new segment okay. called uh, TV Shows We Didn't See. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because... We didn't I wanted, see. I, <laughs> I wanted to watch Earth to Ned do, after you do, mentioned do, 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 TV Shows We Didn't See. Got that clean, so, perfect. <laughs> wonderful. Earth to Ned... Yeah, uh, it was taken off of Disney Plus. It was true. Yeah. Yes, along with Willow, along with a bunch of other things, and Why? along with a bunch of shows. Dollhouse because they're gonna Hulu. sell it to other like Hulu or something and let them no, like no, license took, it out. They took stuff off of Hulu too. Like, oh, okay. They are getting tax write offs for this stuff. For, oh, so for and taking to it put it in perspective too, I I think Willow's final episode was in January. 
So like that's how little time it was complete and on the app before it was pulled. I fucking hate. I'm okay. Quick rant. I fucking yes. hate that these streamers are like just like just getting rid of stuff. Like that's the whole fucking point of streaming is that like you're supposed to be able to like log in and see this thing that like have this you know, full catalog always at that your fingertips. Is, that pisses me off so much. I'm yeah. I didn't like it. And there's really and a lot of people are saying kind of like this is different from other things. Like if you have a. a a DVD or a VHS, you can watch that anytime. If you're subscribed to a streaming service mm-hmm. that doesn't put that stuff out, like I don't think Earth to Ned ever got a release no. on a, a nope, physical, no physical release. And uh, Willow certainly didn't. And uh, and now it's just unwatchable by anyone. It's and, one, yeah, it's one thing the, if like this was a thing that was produced by the Disney Channel, for instance, and like they like it just they, like the the um licensing on it lapsed and it's gonna like you know now it's like netflix may pick it up or paramount plus may pick it up this is a thing that was created for disney plus yeah like willow was like heavily you know advertised they put out stuff about it and you know the production of it and presumably i don't know does the willow movie still on there yeah it is uh and and i know i was lukewarm on willow and it's just one of those one of those things like uh I might never have gone back and watched it and but now I can't. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. no way for me to and in Earth to Net I was like genuinely interested in checking it out after you talked about it fairly recently. And then mm-hmm. like soon after that, uh while I was on vacation, I found out, oh, this thing is going away. When I get back I should watch it and by that time it was pretty much already gone. That sucks. Damn, you should not go on vacation ever again. <laughs> Dude, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the... what I'm learning. I just gotta just got to watch everything on Disney Plus because they're going to get rid of it. And, of, of, of course, everything uh, WB has put out. because Hey, we, we're going on an all-expenses-paid vacation to Hawaii for, like, two months. And you'll you'll actually get paid for by your I work, can. too. You want to go? I can't, actually, because they might take uh, Willow 2 off the thing. So Yeah, and uh, I, I can't watch TV over there. No, either. and I think they don't have – they only have, like, <laughs> coconut TVs in Hawaii, so I can't go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gilligan. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Okay, let's get on. Let's move on to the movie. Yeah, what were we going to talk about? <laughs> let's talk about the movie we watched for this week, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. Time of the night, we turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's d and Fighting with the legends of yore. It's Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves, starring Chris Pine, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith. Hugh Grant, um, the actress whose name I can't remember, who was also in their party. Yeah, she's uh, great. Sophia Lillis. Sophia Lillis, yeah. So this came out, um, was this late last year? Or was this, this is this year. This is this, this year, yeah. Released, released. yeah. This is this year. This is this year. Where is this year? This is this it year. came out on uh, March 10th. Okay. Uh, streaming on Paramount Plus. Would you guys recommend people watch Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves? 100%. This is a super fun movie uh, that does the D&D stuff really well if you're familiar with it. And if you're not, I think it does a great job of explaining it. Um, It's funnier than you would probably expect. Uh, The practical effects look amazing. The CG looks really good for that matter to bolster it. And... um, yeah, I really hope that they can continue on and do a sequel because this is a home run for me. Max, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I um, 
I've never really been a big a D and D fan. The actual game of it, mm-hmm. I like the idea of it, and uh, I like a lot of people who like it. But uh, the game itself never really clicked with me. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know a whole lot about it besides like the what of it has rubbed off on other things and kind of like the things you pick up in the in the just in the wild, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that it's just out there. Um, but I thought the movie itself was really fun. I thought the cast was doing a great job. I thought uh, they were very clever with a lot of the action scenes, which I really appreciated. I thought they they filmed uh, like especially Michelle Rodriguez doing a lot of the stuff that she was doing. I thought they did a, a great job with mm-hmm. with those fight scenes. And I, maybe <laughs> I don't know why I gravitate towards that, but there, it's so often to me that uh, fight scenes aren't given um the gravity that they should have and this one i i feel like it took took the time and all of the hits land and and everything yeah. like looks you could picture the dice rolls her getting like really good <laughs> rolls on these on these you know nights and then sometimes getting hit and then getting a weapon yeah. and yeah and it, it flowed together really well yeah mm-hmm. it was a lot of a lot of fun i enjoyed it how about you andrew yeah i it's it's a lot of fun the uh what else, the thing i came away with from the movie was this is going to be like a bunch of people's favorite like 2 p.m. on a Saturday on TBS movie it's it's extremely watchable it's funny it's you don't have to invest a whole lot of thought into it and it's just like it's a romp and like the the one thing I will disagree with you a little bit Robert is I there are some portions where I think the CGI looked a little iffy and like no, I was like, I am saying that like, I think it looks pretty good all things considered, but I am, I'm even happier that they just use practical stuff yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. There's like, the there's, races of creatures in this. There's like dragon people and cat people and bird people. And I don't think any of them are CG. I think mm, they're all outfits. The, the giant fat dragon you think was practical. <laughs> well, that I think they like bred. Oh, and he is a big character. There apparently there is a campaign where there's that sort of dragon that's sure. sort of fat from hoarding gold in the sure. in the under underworld, under dark, whatever it's called. Um, uh, I yeah. thought he looked good. I don't think he, you know, I don't I wasn't like he's here. No, there's but... there like I there are there are parts of the movie where I was like, I wish this reminded me more of Lord of the Rings and less like the Hobbit in terms of like some effects, but Ouch. that was just like, there was just like, it was a few of them and like other parts where I was like, okay, th- like this is looking, this looks pretty good. I mean, like in particular, I think like in the opening scene when Pine and Rodriguez are breaking out of that prison and they're falling with that bird guy, Jonathan, I that like parts of that. I was like, okay, this looks pretty heavily, like obviously CGI'd and I, yeah, they're flying through the snowy air and it looks like they're kind of composited on yeah. there, but he's, they're also holding on to the guy, the big practical bird man. Right. So I, I can forgive it. Um, now the other thing like- I'll say is cause Max, you brought up the fight scenes in this. I love how little of an ego Chris Pine has because like he's the most removed from the fight scenes of like any leading, like, and Chris Pine is so hot. Like he's just a, a, such an attractive man and he has no fucking ego about like looking weak. You know what I mean? Like he's everybody fights, but him he's like, yeah, he, he's got his loot yeah. and he's like playing music or he just like runs away from a fight or somebody jumps in front of him to like start the fight. And just like, I, he hits, I, him, he hits him with his uh, loot every once in a sure. while. <laughs> but it's just like, he's, 
you know, he's just not the the alpha male leading man where it's like people got to know that I can fight. Like it's like it's cool that you know I'm funny or that like I'm handsome, but people he, should know that I can throw a punch. He doesn't give a fucking shit. He's like he I'm. Does, he does not have the rocks contract. Yes, where it's just like he's he's like. And I like that about him. I like that he's not like people should know I'm tough. You know, well, like, especially when they want to run into uh, what's his name, Yendar or whatever the the kind of elf, the the paladin the kind paladin, of guy who's like, yeah. yeah, who's just like the serious like our mission must be this, and it's just so like, yeah, he's such a funny like archetype of that sort of character, mm-hmm. which I thought was very fun. I did. Lo- he I, also has a little bit of the Drax thing where he like doesn't he doesn't like deal with you know uh, sarcasm as much. Uh-huh. Really. Yeah, I I also did like I mean, we can kind of jump around the movie here and there, but I love the and it you know it feels like a D&D thing where you get this like uber powerful ally for like 20 minutes of the movie. For one mission. For one mission and then he gives the flimsiest excuse of just like, "Nope, this is your mission. I'm going to go do something I, he else." He basically is like, "Hey, I've set you guys up." And they're like, "But wouldn't it be good if we also had you in the on the mission yeah. to like break and into like, the place?" Every time they get into trouble, you think like, "Wow, it really would have been handy to have that really powerful paladin with them." And then he kind of just shows up at the end of like, "Hey, I'm going to catch the bad guy." And it's just like I mean, that that's kind of a fun cap off to that. I like yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah. And also, we got a big laugh in the audience from like big there laugh he goes. from the audience. Wow, he walks in such a straight line. Oh, here comes a rock. Is he going <laughs> to step around it? Nope, he's stepping over it. <laughs> and I think they bring that back in the credits too where they have his character just like oh, walking great. over oh, can rocks. Can we also say great credits? The illuminated pages at the end of the mm-hmm. movie with that uh, Tame Impala song. So good. What a jam. I also yeah, did good. like that the... I mean, there is a there is a, a mid-credits scene. It's very short and, and just... A, it's a one-line joke. But I love that there was not an end credit scene. Like... You know, I know mm-hmm. with like streaming, you can just skip around all you want, but like for the theater goers, that you didn't have to sit through like eight minutes of credits to get the. Can somebody ask me another question, please? Like it, they didn't cap it at like eight. I prefer you know, the mid credit to be the only after credit if they're gonna do that. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah, um, I don't want to sit through all those disgusting names. Ew. Um, and I believe the the zombie, the some of the zombies in that graveyard were. Auntie Donna. I think I read that it was only in like the Australian cut that they used Auntie Donna. Really? Yeah. Oh, well then I was misled. Hmm. Um, poor boy. Yeah. Do you want to go through? Well, we, we haven't even mentioned, which is seems criminal to me, Hugh Grant. I mentioned him. I said him. You haven't said enough about him. <laughs> uh, I just think he's great. I think I think between this and and Paddington, he's just having such a good time being uh, a villain. But such a villain. Yeah. So fun. He's like and like. I, I love that kind of career trajectory for him of like he was the kind of, you know, cute little leading man. And now he's like, if he shows up in a movie, I do feel like, man, he's going to be a fucking shithead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to good. And I, it's good for someone to not have like an ego, like kind of like you mentioned already, where it's like it's more fun if you can like let go and, and do that, if especially if you're going to be good at it, than be like precious about, you know, what you've done before. So. Yeah. And he is he's like, you know, on purpose. He's a figurehead, dumb, dumb villain. Like there's no, there's almost like no other than being rich. There's no like, like truly evil scheme behind him. He's very much like being controlled by somebody else or manipulated by somebody else. And so like, I like that. It just, he's a fucking dumb idiot who's like a puppet for the actual bad guy, which 
if I had a, if I had a critique for the movie, and it's only because we've seen other movies, the main villain reminded me too much of the Enchantress from Suicide Squad a little bit. Hmm. I guess I could see that. But she's also working for an even bigger villain who the first time you see him is so genuinely creepy when he's just on the peripheral of the shadow in the corner of the room. Mm -hmm. You can barely see his like haggard face. You see him in a flashback and he's just kind of like a Voldemort face looking dude. But he was creepier when it was just like almost eyes coming out of the darkness. Yeah. Really like that. But uh, I do love how much Safina, I think, is the red wizard, right? The, The bad guy. When Sephiroth is his name. Sephiroth. <laughs> but Hugh Grant comes in the room and she's taken her cloak down and has like, the, you know, the tattoos. And she's like, he's like, oh, I want to put your cloak up because I don't think people like the Red Wizards of Thane. It's like, they should. And I like you, but blah, blah. and he's just trying so hard to tell her what to do, even though he can't. Because he's sort like of, deathly he's afraid of her too. such a simpering, oh, I just love it. He just is playing it perfectly. Yeah. Um. What are some of your favorite set pieces of the movie? I mean, like, there's so many... Like, I think the thing that I really like about this is, like, it's fun throughout the whole thing. Like, there's not a... They don't have the the thing in a lot of movies where, like, the team breaks up because they have an argument. You know, like, everybody goes their separate ways and then they have to come back together. Like, there's not a point in the movie where it's like, God, this is a fucking downer. It's, like, fun the whole way through. This is a romp and it's an adventure movie... And they don't bog it down with the okay. We're we're going from Act Two to Act Three, and the thing that every fucking movie does, which is this character is going to have this conflict with this character, and they're going to go this way, and then they'll intersect in twenty minutes midway through Act Three. It was like yeah, they just. They, I'm, I'm glad that there's an argument, and they does feel like they're maybe going to give up or something, and then there's more of an explanation from Chris Pine's character about why he's doing what he's doing, and. And they immediately kind of rally back around him and are like, you know, let's figure this thing out. Um, yeah, because you're right about that. I hate that. I hate when like there's a movie like that where you're like, why? We were missing out by not having this whole crew together for the most part. Right. Um, just jumping around. I mean, like that intro of him, his backstory, you're basically getting the character sheet of Chris Pine is so great. He's waiting for Jonathan to show up because he feels like he would be much more empathetic this, to what he's this, saying. This Jonathan gag is fantastic i love the jonathan gag and and even better than jonathan is the is like the i don't know if she's like a dwarf she's like a smaller race but she's like oh jonathan when he gets (laughs) grabbed and she always it seems like this happens to jonathan like jonathan it fucks up enough that she says that it's all the time well it's almost like he doesn't they don't want him in the courtroom because at some point someone's gonna try and ride him out the window maybe not that specifically but i just think he's like an oh he just is like a fool like he was he was already running late i feel like this is just this is on theme for jonathan right um but amazing practical effect also the dragon guy that's sitting next to um the other two on the council looks amazing huge like real prosthetic head or whatever um but yeah i love the backstory um about him being a harper so he's like pretend he is a bard and he goes to the to the bar but then he listens in on little conversations and writes them down or trips a thief as they're running by you know on the you know on the down low and i love that kind of the idea of him being sort of like a good guy that you know has to almost keep keep himself sort of undercover and secret um but then we get that tragic backstory where his wife is killed by the red wizards um and i just love that whole buildup, especially because he gets to a certain point and he says, and this is, I think, where Jonathan would really appreciate this thing. And he tries to go back. He starts repeating himself. They're like, we've heard this part already. Like, <laughs> it's 
it was just really a really fun way to set the tone. Yeah. Introduce yeah. you to the character, get all that backstory out of the way. Yeah. Um I love and, I but, love that oh. joke, by the way. I think it's a really funny thing. Whenever somebody is recounting something and then someone who is supposed to be listening just breaks in with the no 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 we've heard this already like Mm -hmm. they did it really funny in the simpsons where homer is telling the story of jumping the springfield gorge for probably the 20th time and then like either bart or lisa's like no no we've heard that enough like it's just like you know they're and they're like showing the clip i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it they're like no 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 we've heard this already like i love that that joke is just so funny no matter how many times i see it and you know what ant-man quantumated kind of had that they could have had the luis yep kind of story kind mm-hmm. of jumping around they didn't do it now the one I, i'll I, s- I, uh, go ahead max I'll, just real quick i will say that they they immediately refrigerated his wife like her her yeah. only purpose here is to be uh you know uh, his sure we get her little flashbacks and stuff where there's more conversations and talking and stuff but it's it's stuff that again we're all experiencing uh, after the fact yeah and, you know how she inspired him um Still cute. I like she was basically like, hey, we don't need to be rich. We just need to be happy. We have each other. But as we find out later, he did steal a little gold just to feel like he was able to earn something for them and didn't know red wizards mark their gold. Yeah. So it's kind um, of his his bad. The um, the joke that they they I, I think they they go to it one too many times and they only do it twice, but I think once was enough was the there's a joke when they're in like a cavern and there's those little monsters that like will eat your brain and the smarter you are, the more they want to eat your brains and they kind of skitter past them really quickly. And like, I think it's either justice Smith or Chris Pine goes, well, they didn't have to go that fast. Like, you know, know, he says like, well, that's kind of hurtful or something like that. And And I wonder too, because even the paladin was like, he was up a little bit higher, but he was still like near them. And I do wonder if like, he he's like brave, but I don't know if he's like actually Smart. got super high intelligence right. either. So I really just feel like a joke on the whole entire crew is like none of you are in that have that stat yeah. very high to begin with. So. Um, and they do that joke again, like an hour and twenty minutes later. Justice Smith says almost something the exact same way about like I forget exactly what it is, but it's something with like you know when he, it's around the time he's trying on the helmet. Mm. and it he makes another joke about like oh it didn't have to come off me that fast or something like that and i was just like mm, they didn't have to because they did that joke well like an hour ago i just was like it it mm-hmm. felt like i had on a hat to do it again like later a helm in the on same a helm. Movie, a helm on a helm yeah in the same movie so that was my only like hang up with the humor of the of the movie was that like you don't want to do one type of joke without it being like an actual like reference to like a callback to the other one if you're going to do it again. yeah i didn't remember that exact exchange but i would uh, maybe i'd go back and and see see if that's the same thing or whatever well, that's um, your fucking problem because you've seen the movie more than us so that's true i've probably seen it like three times now at least um i loved the well maybe i should go back a bit i was gonna say there's a particular magical item that i really like but the way they get it is very funny and something i was not expecting or hadn't had uh spoiled for me ahead of time was um they stop in a village because is it Holga? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez's Rodriguez, character wants to see her ex mm-hmm. <laughs> who broke up with her. And it turns out to be Bradley Cooper. I almost didn't recognize him at first. It took the second, like the second time you see him, my, we were watching with a friend. She's like, that is Bradley Cooper. Right. And I had to be like, no, it, it is. You're right. Like it just, mm-hmm. it took a second for me to. And he's playing basically Frodo Baggins. Yeah. <laughs> It's such a funny cameo. 
I'm trying to remember the, nah, I'm not going to, ah, I'm going to forget the line now, but he has a new girlfriend who's also like a big barbarian yeah. woman and kind of gives him a, gives him a little kiss and is like, Oh, hi, honey. Oh, is this? Oh, Holga. Nice to meet you. Blah, blah. And she goes, what's for dinner? And he goes, Oh, uh, I'm cooking a goose and I picked some, or, and, and I grabbed some pickle berries. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't know why that, uh, that got me so much. Just yeah. so funny. His little, little homemaker. Um, but it's also like, and even though like the joke is kind of like, okay, her guy is like a little dude that she loved. And like, you know, she left her village for this man and now he has another big lady. And, but the actual conversation is like, it, I hated waiting up to know when you were coming home. And I know that you were upset because you had to leave your tribe to be with me, but like, there was never sort of a catharsis there. And he's, they're actually an actual conversation about the way their relationship ended. So it's, it's, there's funniness around the cameo and mm -hmm. him sitting in a chair and looking small and stuff, but it was still doing stuff for the the characters on the screen. So I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, and you've alluded, alluded a couple times, but the fights are really great. And I especially love, yeah. Uh, Holga fighting all those knights sort of in that Smith because mm -hmm. she even like, or in an earlier scene gets like hit this guy's nice ax and then mid fight, it falls in like a, you know, like some molten metal. And then it becomes like, the coolest looking like the melt is coming off and, you know, stuck in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. It looks like it looks like it got like a huge stat bu buff or something like that. Yeah, and she's um, like, I don't mind this. Yeah, I love that. Um, she's fun in this. Stuff. Like Michelle Rodriguez, you know, like it's great casting. I yeah, think. she's not she's not given a lot of chances to be fun in stuff like even in the Fast and Furious movies. She's often like the one reacting to Dom doing something crazy. Dom, yeah, they're all very. It's don't so swing our car now. with a grappling hook across the cliff, Dom. Like it's so for her to get like she's she is kind of the she's the alpha of this movie, and I think like she does really good, and she's given a lot of chance to be funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really like we just said her name. Oh, Sophia Lillis, who's like the tiefling, the druid shapeshifter. Mm -hmm. Her first scene is fun when she becomes an owl bear and and helps that other um, what is it, the green the green army or whatever that there she's part of yeah. the Emerald Enclave. Uh, and, you know, saves her friend. I also love that she has like the little prongs on her gauntlet that are like part of like a slingshot and she can just shoot. Uh, but the entire scene, like the kind of the one shot where she goes into the castle as a fly. Oh, that's, and then that has to escape. Was... And it's, and it's like, you know, of course it's not there. There's camera shifts. It's not a real, it's not a real one shot, but like she it's wasn't well actually done. she wasn't actually transforming from a fly into no, again, a rat. Right. Into... They did again. The dragon was real. They made it. This one they had to they had to use multiple shapeshifters, not just one. Um, they got, they did it, get a real owl bear though. That was yeah. the one part. Though. That is what someone said. They're like, oh, you wouldn't be able to shapeshift that frequently. Like it keep talk costs too much energy. It's like fucking nerd ruining Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, um, dork. I mean, it just made for a great scene, and then also the payoff of she did end up using a deer form in the castle, even though Chris was like, yeah, a deer, exactly what you'd see walking around a castle. Like she's not going to become that. Mm -hmm. And then I did like when he, they cut back to them. He's like, I told you she was going to be a deer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was very exciting. Um, and like, I think most movies could have a heist and it would make them at least like 25% better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like heist rule. It's so fun to see them done well. And I, I started to mention the hither thither, thither stick, which was, the walking the stick that Holga had given to her husband and he had her take it back. The portal when, gun. The portal yeah, when he, basically yeah. it's a portal gun. And 
and it's I believe it's a real D and D item, and you can basically you know make a portal go to another place. It that sounds, really saves it their sounds bacon. more like a Harry Potter item, but I I'll believe that sure. it's D and D. I also got um, a a real Final Fantasy vibe from the 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 like monster treasure chest that you know kind well, of mimic. Like, yeah, yeah. I think these are all examples of like stuff that uh, cribbed from D and D, and now we associate it with that instead because right. we yeah. don't have the the background. Uh, but yeah, I think both both of those probably probably um, Harry Potter owes a lot to D and D. Oh, for sure. Oh, one hundred percent. For sure. I mean, it's mostly I, when I was a kid, I. Because I think you said too, Max, you weren't really into the game as much. I was like the monster manual guy. Like I was interested in all of the weird creatures and what their elements were and how you could defeat them and blah, blah, blah. Even though there's lots of things like that when I was a kid where it's like I like a part of a fandom and that part's Mm -hmm. interesting to me, even though I'm not applying it to anything. I'm not actually playing. I did a thing called that that we called D&D with like Aaron where we would just um, we would just talk through stuff there'd be no dice rolling it would mm-hmm. just be like one person is the sort game of master, someone's right? leading a narrative kind yeah of inventing a story and then you you kind of say how you're responding to it and yeah, then sure. it just kind of moves the story that way without any any dice roll without any like uh planning ahead just like kind of coming up with the story but we called it dungeons and dragons yeah even though it wasn't sure that. and there's stuff i mean i think you know when you when you watch it there's things that that totally sound like what a player would suggest to do Mm-hmm. To get it, because like because they break the bridge in the in the underdark, they can't get across it. And before they realize they have the hither thither stick, Holga's like, "I could throw my axe with a chain on it. It'll stick in the rock, and then we can swing across." It's like, yeah, someone would be at your table suggesting that, but you have to be like, "Can you throw it hard enough for it? it's going to stick in the rock? Like, what, what's going to happen? It feels like you'd have to swing it around something." So I, I appreciated all those kind of little moments. Mm-hmm. The other one too that might be the biggest laugh for me in the movie is when they're at the end trying to get into the castle and they're trying, they know that they have to get through this barrier, but they also have to get into like the, the vault and find, you know, the treasure or whatever. Cause they, they put a portal on a picture. Um, and they distract the guards with Chris Pine playing oh. a little, <laughs> a little song, yeah. but then their magician gets stuck. stuck, you know, his foot stuck and he can't keep doing it. So it does sort of an anachronistic, like it glitches out and starts to like, decay and get like work 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 and i man i was howling that was some good stuff so i saw a youtube video um thumbnail that was talking about the movie and it had a picture of his face face melting and i was like okay so they modified this picture for the thumbnail and then when i saw the movie (laughs) i was like oh no it's (laughs) directly that in the movie that's yeah you're right unfortunately yeah normally that would be an actual youtuber's picture it's like what yeah but this time it was really from the movie. Um, yeah, I thought that was very funny. I just, and, uh, you know, once they get into the arena too, there's the the little Easter egg of there used to be a D&D cartoon. And mm-hmm. one of the teams that spawns next to them are, are in kind of like very, just one blue cloak or like the warrior just has like the fur and the, you know, the leather on. And those are all characters from that show mm-hmm. basically running around at the same time. Um, but I love that bit too, the labyrinth with the, I don't remember the name of that creature, but it's, it's also been then translated to Final Fantasy where it's like a psychic cat that can like project, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a creepy uh, villain to have going through there because like they have the dwarf about to attack it and like it goes through the face and it's actually coming up behind you and projecting. So good. with the like Venus double Venus flytrap tails. Yeah, so that, are, that are they're making the image, but also looks like they would sting you and poison you. Ugh. 
creepy stuff. Oh, and the uh, the man-eating slime, where like if you go into it yeah. long enough, you just melt away into bones. Awesome stuff. I would love to have heard. I imagine a lot of the success would, I would hope, would be D and D groups going and seeing this because it's just such good fun. Yeah, I mean, it it hasn't like it didn't do like boffo box office. Did it not? Like, I thought it did really well. I mean, it's like I am looking at the wiki, and you know, it was on a one fifty budget, and box office was two oh eight. So like, it was technically a minor success, but it didn't do is that, like is that everything world is that that's I mean that's what's listed on here i guess i could look on mm. let me pull up box office mode i just hope see. that i would hope that it if that's i maybe that is international as well but i hope it has a good run internationally because i it i don't know it's just really good stuff and i this is the kind of movie where like i came out of it smiling and i've seen it a couple times now and i'm just like make another one like don't wait too long like it feels like that's got it that's the reason they said honor among thieves because they want to be able to make another D titled movie and spin off from that. Well, the, and is it not because they already had a and d movie that they had to... They did, and they probably from? want to make it... I appreciate them not just calling it Dungeons & Dragons, so they have, like, the stink of the first one on it when you go to search it. But, um, yeah. Yeah, the 208 is the worldwide amount. Interesting. Um, okay. I mean, so there is a... What I read, there's a there's a television show in, in the works, and John Francis Daly, who's one of the writers, said that, like they didn't make this movie with sequels in mind. Like it to me, to them, it was like a one, they wanted to make like a, a movie without like having the baggage of like, Oh, but the adventure will continue. But mm-hmm. like it is open enough. And they said like, if they were to make a film sequel that they would want to use the same characters, cause it's easier to jump into a sequel if you have characters that you recognize. So it'd be something they'd be interested in doing, but they didn't make the first movie with the intention of like, we can spin this off into seven movies or whatever. Like it was just like, this is, if this one's good and successful, great. If we never make another one, then this one like stands on its own. Yeah. If if you already got the backstory of everyone though, and that's kind of like this one has went through the backstory of pretty much everyone kind of what they were dealing with and then addressed it like is that the best idea to make a sequel with the same characters well, yeah then you have to be like and yeah because then you have to be like oh wait we have to fill up another hour of this movie because that in that first one that was all chris pine and then his other companions you have to kind of like fill that back in so and you just fill it with like action scenes or a new character well i think or... the idea would yeah, be you like have some new join yeah, you could introduce a new character, like a, a new character, or a couple new characters, and like obviously you'd want to introduce a new villain, or at least like expand on whatever the, the other villain. Yeah, yeah, the other villain is. So like, I think you just don't have to do the legwork of you know having a Batman movie and having the scene where you see you know the crime alley or Spider Man being bitten by the spider or something like that. It's just they can. I suppose so, but I I feel like one one thing about Dungeons and Dragons is that you start you do it you know. You do a character sheet, right? Fresh every time, like you know, come up with a new character and mm-hmm. see a new uh, area of the land and do all this other yeah. stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, like that's. I, the... I do feel like it kind of comes with some baggage, even though, like it wouldn't. It would be fun to see these guys again. I I think they did a great job, mm-hmm. but I would also be fine with that. This being their movie, yeah, like a, a pretty amazing movie that you really enjoy, and then you see the next one, and it's a, a completely fresh group doing and then maybe you have a little bit of crossover right they run sure. into them or whatever. I, I can see it both ways but i also feel like people are responding so much to this crew that it would be like tough to not do true most if not all of them but i think that yeah you could pat it out with some new members uh either you know villains or allies and 
you I can guess still you... have like the big fun scene in the beginning where like they kind of catch you back up like i'm the bard and like i'm not I'm kind of a hands-off guy and like him kind of like, playing as like everyone's fighting around him and you know be like yeah our mage you know he's still learning but he's a lot better than he used to be and like kind of doing his powers better and i don't know yeah you could do you could do some fun stuff there and anyway. i guess the, the tv show is already going to fill the role of like completely new group right? yeah like they're they're not going to follow the same thing so pines not going fun. to tv Nah, that's for show. We He's not that. built for TV. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any final thoughts on the movie before we head out? Uh, I just, I really enjoyed it. I think if you have, uh, what is this on again? Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Yeah. Yeah. If you have it, I think you're, you're should have it in your queue. Watch it for sure. Give it some love because I would love for, I would love for somehow the stats from all these streaming views or the you know if the box office is weaker than they thought, I would love for them to somehow have uh the push to to make another because this felt fun it felt like you know it felt original yes it's not the first D movie ever made but it felt like this whole story was you know pretty original for mm-hmm. it and i it would be a shame for something as good as this to just be be the only one yeah don't want another like nice guy situation mm-hmm. <laughs> max what about you yeah, I thought it was a, a really good movie, and I am a little bit surprised at the box office results that it isn't a little higher because I feel like everything that was talking about it is uh, positive. I think maybe it's one of those like critically well rece- received, but uh, not necessarily like huge money maker yet. Yeah, that, these are some of the things that kind of like simmer up to a boil, and then like eventually, you know, this could be a cult classic. I think. It, yeah. If anyone looks at a sequel, it's going to be with the shiny eyes of, oh, yeah, I heard a ton of people talking about that, and mm-hmm. it, it sounded great. Yeah. So I, hopefully they continue with it. Um, but, yeah, I think this one was fun. Even if it is its own thing, it doesn't have, it doesn't need a sequel to, to, like, warrant its existence, right? It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie by itself was a good movie, and so uh, I, I had a fun watch. I think anyone, whether or not they have the, the background of D&D, would enjoy watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think I like that it they went into it with the intention of it being just a one movie mm-hmm. thing. I think that gives it a lot of like, you know, what I said about the movie when we first started talking about it that this is a perfect middle of the afternoon on a weekend on TBS movie, you know, like it to me it's very watchable and I think like I don't know. You could hear something and then be like, Oh, that's not a very high compliment. This movie's not trying to win Oscars. It's not trying to, you know, push the medium of film forward in like some major drastic way. It's just a very fun movie that I think people will enjoy a lot if they watch it. Like it's, it's not gory. It's not scary. I mean, there's a couple creepy parts to it, but sure. like, it's no, it's no scarier than it's less gory than Lord of the Rings. So like, you know, it just, I think it's a, it's a thing people are going to, whether or not they have any history with Dungeons and Dragons. I think that's an important thing is I wonder if some people just, Oh, I've never played D and D, so I'm not going to enjoy the movie. I don't think you have to have played one single second of D and D to enjoy the movie. Yeah. There's obviously I, I hope, some, I hope that this medieval and fantasy stuff is like pervaded, uh, pop culture enough that you could just kind of just jump into it a little right. bit. You know? Yeah. I think you, you could also like have not enjoyed, like actively yeah. not enjoyed Dungeons yes. and Dragons and still enjoy the movie. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's important to say too. Um, anyways, go see the movie. Thanks for listening everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.